The Athletic. Welcome to the Football Manager Show by The Athletic. I'm your host, Tony Jameson, and I'm joined by RDF Tactics and producer Steve. On today's show, Jacob Shevchik joins us to talk about scouting for Poland, but for real this time, and how that might help you on Football Manager. The doors of the Tactics Garage swing back open for business... And we get some more of your updates from the Sheffield Wednesday Community Challenge. Scouting for talent can be one of the most frustrating, but also most rewarding parts of the football manager experience. The feeling you get when scouts come back with a potential wonder kid that no one else is aware of can't be topped. So imagine that's your job. But instead of doing it on FM, you're actually doing it for real. Jacob Shevchik, welcome to the Football Manager Show. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure, guys. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on, Jacob, to be honest. For now, for the benefit of the listeners, please, could you let us all know what it is you do every day? I'm currently a student, so I study French and Spanish at university. I'm in my final year, so that's the m- most important thing I do. But as like a side hustle and as a kind of hobby slash career, I do scouting. So I work for the Polish FA, I scout Scotland for any players who are Polish eligible or Polish that play mostly in academies in Scotland. And we've got a list of them. There's actually more than you think. I also now work, I started to do an internship at a club called FC Dynamo Tbilisi in Georgia, the current Georgian champions, of course. And I'm their lead scout for Chile and Peru. So for the next six months, I'll be taking, I'll be in um, in charge of a team of four scouts, and we'll be scouting Chile and Peru extensively for Dinamo Tbilisi. Hopefully, we can find a few uh, hidden wonder kids and bring them to Georgia and make it look like a real FM save. I like that because the term playing FM in for real life is genuinely a thing. But you're you're actually doing it. I think this is <laughs> this is incredible. I mean, how, like, how did it even come about in the first instance? I mean, you say you're a student there, like. Did the Polish FA just like ring up? You're clearly not doing Polish FA studies. So I didn't kind of study sports management or anything like that. I, I um, basically started this kind of as a hobby, you know, at playing FM. And then um, I, I worked for a company called Target Scousing and I wrote these kind of like articles slash reports on players from Chile. Mostly under 24 players from Chile. And they're, they're free to read online. Anyone, anyone can go and read them. They're not terrible, so... They are worth reading, some of them. <laughs> and yeah, I did that for, for quite a few months, fairly regularly, and that was kind of showed people what I could do. That was the point of it, right? To kind of to get my name out there to some people, to show people in the sports industry, okay, here's how good I, how good I am as a scout. Uh, I managed to catch um, Marcelino Nunez uh, playing in Chile before he went to Norwich. I thought that was a fantastic move when it happened. He's not been quite as good in the championship as I'd hoped, but I don't think that's entirely my fault. I, I do maintain he's a really, really high player. <laughs> really, really good player for a really high ceiling. I'm with you. It's definitely not your fault because I had a Norwich save as well. And Marcelino Nunez, is, he, was, he was the guy. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so you spoke about um, scouting Chile and now Scotland. You've mentioned Marcelino Nunez as well. Is there, is there any other players that we may have seen that you spotted? When you say spotted, right, it's, it's a really... You're never the first to spot them. But yeah. what I can say is 
In April of 2022, I wrote a report on two players playing for River Plate, one of them called Enzo Fernandez, the other called Julian Alvarez. Ooh. Julian is currently playing for Manchester City, as we know this, con- this deal was confirmed by the time I'd done this deal, and Enzo Fernandez, he was destined to move for sure in the summer, but he hadn't moved yet. Alvarez at that point, most Premier League fans, is a complete unknown. And I kind of wrote in my report, okay, this guy's like a mini Benzema. He's absolutely sensational, and he's going to surprise a lot of people when he comes to England. And this guy's a fantastic signing, Like, and, and even if this fails, uh, they only paid, I think, £13.5 for him, so they can absolutely, no problem, kind of either deal with that, or they can sell him on for more money. That's not a problem at all, so it's a wonderful signing. Obviously Nunez as well, which I'm really happy about because he's he's went on to Norwich and I think he's one of the players at Norwich that are quite comfortably Premier League level in, in that kind of year or so. He should be okay to play in the Premier League. And yeah, Enzo Fernandez is uh, my favourite player uh, at the moment. I kind of, I wrote about him and I said that this guy, like when he was playing in Argentina, I said that this guy is like borderline world class. He's genuinely staggeringly good. The guy can ping passes like a Tony Cruz, uh, Cesc Fabregas hybrid, uh, and, he, and he's able to move. Like he, but Chelsea's title-winning pivot of kind of Nemanja Matic and uh, Cesc Fabregas. This guy's like a mixture of both. Phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. player. And I said that I said that at that point. His release clause was around 16 million if you were early, or 20 million if you weren't so sure. Um, so even for tw- even still, let's say for 20 million, I, th- I thought that Chelsea, Real Madrid, Bayern, um, any of the, any of the English clubs, literally any club that plays that has aspirations of being in the European leagues, should have signed him for 20 million in the summer. Well, that, now this is more of a personal question, and anyone listening that actually wants to become a scout or thinking of becoming, how is that feeling when you've? You've noticed on your personal shortlist, you've got Alvarez and you've got Fernandez. How was that feeling when you then see these guys making that big money move? After the World Cup final, Enzo Fernandez got young player of the tournament. I celebrated that more than I celebrated the Argentina winning the, <laughs> the, the, winning the, winning the, uh, the World Cup. <laughs> Not many people will say this because it sounds quite arrogant, but it definitely is a vindication. Like, I saw this guy, I kind of invested my stocks <laughs> yeah. into this guy. I knew that this guy has potential to make it. He, like, he's really good. And then he has become, uh, has got on, become really good. So I'm really happy about that. But it would be even better, for example, if I played the player in Scotland who is good enough to play for Poland, and then that guy goes on to play for the Polish national team, that would be a better feeling. Or, for example, yeah. if I can bring in a, a Chilean or a Peruvian player to Dinamo Tbilisi, for example, this winter, that would be insane and probably the highlight of my, sh- albeit short, career so far. Hopefully it happens. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's very exciting, to be honest. And I guess, like, the question I've got, are you looking... When you're scouting, are you looking for specific technicals, mentals, physicals? Obviously, that's what we do in Football Manager. Like, is it as straightforward as that, or is it, or is it something else that 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 eye that we haven't got? So yes and no. We don't have attributes, of course, and in, in real life, we don't work. With, <laughs> that's what makes FM so much easier, right? Because you have a player in front of you, and you have objective attributes that you say, okay, this guy has 16 passing. This this guy is like. At an elite level, this guy's a good passer, like a good slash very good passer, but I probably don't want him to be like my my primary playmaker at with 16 passing. I want him to have a bit more than that. But yeah, so there are four kind of main corners that we look for. They're called the physical, which is quite self-explanatory, stuff like speed and strength and stuff like that. We have technical, which are things like passing, like technique. Uh, Manchester City value this really highly, and so do I. I really like to look for players who are technically like excellent. Because those players are will find it easier to make the step up to the elite level, for example, and those players will be more adept at playing in was that like an elite level high position system, and they'll also be better under pressure. But being good under pressure is also mental as well. 
um, it's a very because they need, you need to be a certain type of person to like deal with like a six foot seven uh, or six foot eight Dan Byrne running running at you at, at high speed, uh, determined to break your legs and win the ball off you. You have to be a certain type of person to be able to deal with that for ninety minutes twice a week. And so there are certain mental things we're looking for. And then there's tactical as well, which is match intelligence, what they kind of do on the pitch, and also additional things that the club looks for. But it's, yeah, so it's not quite as simple as it is in FM. Talking about FM, <laughs> sometimes when I'm in FM, I, I, I really think I'm a manager slash scout at the same time. So when I'm looking for players, I'm actually looking for players who are matching my club's DNA. Is that something that you take into account for your role as well? Are you given a brief by the Polish FA, say, beyond find good players who could play for us. Matty Cash, of course, being the example. Absolutely. Uh, the DNA part is a really key aspect to this. I do have a brief from the Polish FA and from Dinamo Tbilisi. Uh, we, have kind of, we have the kind of the national model of, uh, of a game, uh, so like national game model, sorry, uh, and, and the Polish FA and how the Polish FA wants to play, how to, how, and then there are kind of like KPIs of how what every player who plays in every position should have and what they should be like. We've got the same for Dinamo Tbilisi. We don't have a set um, like a national uh, game model kind of thing uh, because it's not a national federation, but we do have kind of KPIs that we want, for example, a, uh, like a player to have X, Y, and Z. So, for example, when you're what, when you're in Football Manager, this, is, this, does, this happens, re- this is really, really easy because the, your key, your, you highlight a position, then you highlight a role, and then your key attributes are highlighted in blue and green which makes that super easy. Jacob, I appreciate you spending the time with us. Anywhere we can find your content? Is there a social media? Is there, have you got like a website or anything we can find your, your reports? The other reports, you can find them on our Target Scouting Twitter page and website. So if you just type in Target Scouting, it's like a black target on a white background. You should be able to find all my reports if you're if you're interested. My Twitter is Hakuna Marata underscore, I think. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a handle that I, I, I quite like. It's, it's not really professional, but it's uh, something I've, I found funny when I made it, and I'm probably not going to change it. Jacob, as I say, appreciate your time. Jacob Chefchick, thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. On The Athletic, you can enjoy in-depth analysis of Napoli's incredible season in Serie A from Calcio King James Horncastle. Bellissima. And if you've never subscribed before, you can currently get an Athletic subscription for £1.99 a month for 12 months. How do I do this, I hear you ask? Simple. Visit theathletic.com forward slash fmpod. That's theathletic.com forward slash FM Pod. Welcome back to an old friend. The Tactics Garage is here. And this week, we revisit something that we had a little peek at last week. Now, last week, Chris Cassens dropped us an email. He's doing very well managing the Seattle Sounders in the MLS, apart from when he faces the Portland Timbers. So, RDF, we're going to help him better his bogey team, aren't we? Oh, yes, we are. Now, his tactic in Football Manager, it says it's a 5-2-1-2. So we've got a back three here. Uh, He has two central defenders, one on the left side, one in the middle, then a wider centre-back on the right-hand side. He's got two wing-backs. Surprisingly, one is on defence on the left-hand side, on the right-hand side, wing-back on attack. Two holding midfielders, a Roman playmaker, and then his ball-winning midfielder. There's two up top, advanced forward, deep line forward, and just behind them, we have that advanced 
well not advanced, an attacking midfielder on attack, trying to exploit some space. Pretty decent tactic. I mean, uh, Chris has mentioned when he's away from home, he has to change the mentality from balanced. He goes to cautious. He adds counter-attacking. He wants to distribute the ball quickly. When he's at home, though, he wants to be positive. He wants to add counter-pressing. And against Portland, he instructs his defensive line to set up. Now, before we start getting into all the nitty-gritty bits here, Aaron, okay, and you're going to explain to me what we need to do. On the face of it, for our viewers who are watching this on, on YouTube, by the way, for our audio listeners, this is very, very similar to what Jack Serres did for us last week, isn't it, in the uh, in the tactics garage? Oh, it, it is. And the tweaks, <laughs> funny enough, the <laughs> tweaks I want to do is also similar to what uh, Jack showed us last week. So we are listening. We are listening to our guests. We are listening. So I'm just looking at the formation right now and I'm starting at the back three and we've got the wider centre-back who likes to get further forward and support create overloads or underlaps on the right-hand side. And then slightly on the left-hand side, I feel there's a, a slight issue because you've got a central defender on defend, but then you've got a wing-back on defend. And there's not much happening on the left-hand side. Now, he is doing fairly well in the league, but we are talking about beating this one team that's giving him trouble. And I think we can start out on that left-hand side, possibly changing this wing-back to like what Jack said last week, to a complete wing-back on support. And the central defender as well. He can be a bit of a ball-playing defender because now he's got the option to play a risky pass to the playmaker, the wing-back, or he can just lob it forward straight to the advanced forward, trying to move into the channels. So that's one tweak that I would do. That's the first tweak. I've actually just got a full tweak version here. So I've done it in my in the team mentality as well. I've asked or instructed to run at the fence. If we do look at his tactic and the player roles, there's not many people looking to dribble with the ball. I don't think there's an actual a single player, possibly the wing back on attack, not even him, that likes to dribble more. We need one person at least that likes to dribble more, but he doesn't have that in the side, which is why I've asked the team to kind of increase the tendency. We're not necessarily asking everybody to dribble with the ball the moment they get it, which is increasing that tendency because like I said, we have no natural roles here that dribble with the ball. In transition, which is going to leave what he said, when he's positive, we're going to counter press. When he's away, then we can use counter and distribute the ball quickly. And then lastly, out of possession. Again, I have left it because he is performing well. But if there is a tweak that he wants to do, if he wants to do something a little bit different, put pressure on his rival because his rival is giving him a lot of trouble. I will drop my defence line to standard, but then the line of engagement, I'll press it up. I will knock back the um, trigger press just by one. So now we're on more often rather than much more often the line of engagement now at high press. And then I will just change this deep line forward to a pressing forward on support. And then what I'm trying to do is put more pressure, more pressure, especially on the opponent's back line and not them, let them have a comfortable game at all. Because it's a derby game. It's a derby game. We want to get stuck in. Mm, I mean, they, those tweaks sort of make sense to me. I mean, I, there's something I'm looking at and questioning uh, myself. When you're saying there about dribble more with the ball now again we don't know Chris's team inside out we don't know his players we don't know the quality he's got of players on the ball like is there a possibility that maybe he's not clicked dribble more because he doesn't trust his players to dribble or is it potentially just an oversight and thinking well you know what you're not going to go on these long 30-yard mazy runs, but even just to yeah. sort of beat the first player and create a bit more space is that maybe what your intention is there yeah so there's actually one way that he can find out. Now, if he goes to his squad planner and then to a report and then go to comparison, now he can actually go to technical hair 
possibly just remove goalkeepers because we don't care about that. And then look at dribbling. Now, I've actually picked his team, which is Seattle, and he's got the best at dribbling in the, in the league. So it's actually something that he could possibly just have on at all times. He's got the highest finishing as well, so possibly there for shoot on sight, free kicks, work for set pieces, and long shots. Again, shoot on sight. So actually, just looking at this now, I might go back to the tactical screen ask the team to shoot on side and run out the defence. And now I'm actually bringing out the strength in the side rather than kind of hiding it. And again, in, in his side, there's nobody that has dribble more naturally activated, hard-coded. So I do feel he, he really needs to run at the defence and then shoot on sight. Could be something, a bit of a secret weapon that his opponents may not know about just yet. Mm, I mean, it's showing there on that uh, on that report screen, and again, that's really handy if you're at home and yeah. you're uh, trying to work out what your team are good at, or more importantly, what your team aren't so good at. It's showing here that his team are actually just about average in the league, or, or ever so slightly above average in the league for passing. So you've got short passes on there. Would you be tempted to maybe knock that up a little bit to play slightly more direct, so you're, you're taking that pressure off the players to to play those short passes or is by having dribble more clicked with that override that so those players aren't going to make a risky pass and they're just going to going to move the ball with their feet more yeah so even that way you can still kind of use player roles so for an example at the back we've got a nice balance right we've got two center backs that one they're likely going to play the more safer passes, but then you've got the ball playing defender who wants to punt those risky passes. It's the same in midfield. Now he's got a nice balance between a ball winning midfielder on defend who's going to play very, very safe. I mean, his actual number one job is to win the ball and give it to a creative player. Once he's got given it to a creative player like the Roman playmaker, this is where you can make the magic happen with the tape more risk. So that changing the passing style here actually could change his playing style as well, which he may want to keep. So if that's something that you you guys as well want to do if you want to keep your playing style but you want to add a little bit more direct or even cautious passing into your side you can do that through player roles or player instructions excellent stuff and one final thought is you were looking at out of possession uh, uh instructions here yes quite a lot ticked on you've got um, you've got get stuck in you were moving your lines of engagement obviously you've moved your, your line of your press yeah. from high uh, from medium to high sorry you moved your defensive line back from higher to to uh, to standard but you've also got get stuck in and you're pressing trap is trap inside and your stop and your cross engagement is to stop those crosses now this is something we're going to get into in future weeks when we go into our more advanced technical tactical breakdowns but yeah even just as a quick high line understanding is there too much going on in there or is there not enough going on in there are those players going to get themselves confused with those instructions i think the instructions that he's got set is fine the cross engagement is where i'm a bit he said he's performing well, so it's hard to make that tweak and remove it if it's performing well for him. But just looking at the tactical screen, it's something that I wouldn't have chosen from the get-go. I probably would have kept it like this. It does make sense to trap inside because you've got bodies in the middle, especially a ball-winning midfielder as well. And I guess trigger press as well, is it, that could be with his style of play. If he wants to be possession-based, of course, he wants to be on the ball. So he's trying to break up play. Getting stuck in can help with that. It was just a stop the crosses bit that kind of confused me because you've got three centre-backs and you possibly more comfortable or confident in that your centre-backs are going to win those crosses in. So if anything, I would have kind of had it the opposite way and invite those crosses actually or just have it blank sort of. But yeah, I do get what you're saying because when you're making tactics, creating tactics, you kind of start with a blank canvas and then you start adding things on. 
once you figure out what it's doing. For me, trap inside and stop crosses, like you said, it could be causing a defender to react differently or what you expect because he's not actually quite sure whether he's supposed to trap inside or stop that cross. Similar to the, uh, the the wing back, he may not at the time know, or he has to make that decision whether to um, stop the cross or trap inside. What's more important to him? So for me, I would have just left the cross engagement. Or if you want to stop crosses, then I would have just left the pressing trap because you would. If you want to stop crosses, you may actually want to force them out wide, get them wide, then stop the crosses. That's your trap. So yeah, I do get what he's saying. It might confusing. So if it was me, I would have just left trap inside. But if it's performing well for him, then I, there's no reason for him to change. Don't yeah, fix what's not broken. Exactly. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Yeah. I was looking at that gun. There's a lot of bodies in there. Take yeah, the exactly. risk. Take the yeah. risk. Um, and remember at home as well, remember, clicking off something is always an option and it will then just be left exactly. to the game to work out exactly. whether or not what happens, happens. Um, something, something, sorry, it's something that I had trouble with actually uh, when I started sharing tactics. So I, it's not that I thought that you would need everything to be clicked on, but you... I had this thing that said everything has to be very specific. We need to play out from the back. We need to, fo- there needs to be an attack focus. We need to choose either overlap or underlap. But sometimes it's just let the game happen or your player roles are doing it. If you're using an inverted wing back on attack, for an example, let's say you've got an inverted wing back on attack uh, on the left hand side. And then on the left hand side, you've also got a winger on support. Sometimes you don't need to click the underlap because that's what's going to happen. The winger is going to stay on the outside and then your inverted wing back is going to cut inside. That is what is supposed to happen. Now, using instruction, you're possibly telling other people to do stuff. Now, it's not just the wing back overlapping. It could be your ball winning, ball winning midfielder overlapping, depending on how fluid your team is. It could be multiple people over, overlapping. If your idea is just to have this left back over and um, underlapping the winger, then you might not necessarily have to use these instructions. So yeah, sometimes ticking off is a good thing. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Okay, well, cool. I mean, again, you know, it's always worth trying out. Chris, let us know how you get on. And I suppose, to be honest, worst case scenario, if Portland Timbers have got your number, I think resign from Seattle and take the Portland Timbers <laughs> job. I mean, that's the only way to get around it. Like, there's, there's no other way at this point, is it? Just if they've got your number, they've got your number. But yeah, Chris, let us know how you get on. Of course, if you want your tactic ran through the tactics garage as well, please do remember, send us a tweet, screenshot it like what Chris has done. Send it to either myself at Tony Jameson or RDF Tactics at RDF Tactics. And as Chris has done, tell us what's wrong with it. And who knows, maybe your tactic will be in for an MOT at the Tactics Garage. Come on, Seattle. Hello, I'm Ian Stone, host of Handbrake Off, the Athletics' dedicated Arsenal podcast. Now, after yesterday's rather enjoyable afternoon at them over the road, I'd imagine Arsenal fans aren't going to want to miss what me and the crew have got to say. We're on every Monday and Thursday with the selection of Amy Lawrence, Adrian Clark, Art de Roche and James McNicholas. And a brand new episode of Handbrake Off should be in your podcast feeds now. Just search for Handbrake Off on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's time for community challenge updates. And for that, we say hello to producer Steve. Hello, producer Steve. Hello, Aaron and Tony. How are you both? Very good. Very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All the better for speaking to you both. <laughs> oh, aren't you good? Aren't you good? 
an inveterate liar that I am. But uh, <laughs> um, now, obviously, just before we get to the Community Challenge update, gentlemen, yes. it was a weekend of derbies, of course, in English football. You know, North London, still red. Manchester, currently <laughs> red. Uh, the East Midlands, uh, red as well, because Nottingham Forest won. Did not intend Ooh. that. That's a lovely sort of coincidence, isn't it? Almost certainly more that I'm probably missing. But the arguably the most important derby for this show's perspective was the Football Manager Show derby that happened at the weekend. Because <laughs> you two went head-to-head in the FM Super League, did you not? We did. We did. Old RDF tactics versus Tony Jameson tactics went one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain what? That is for those people who may not have heard about the obviously Super League as a phrase. Oh yes, has oh, in football yes. lexicon doesn't have the best reputation. Oh yes, for arguably understandable reasons. But what is the FM Super League, everyone? Myself and Aaron got invited to take part in a bit of PvP, which is a quite popular game mode on Football Manager these days. So basically, instead of playing against the AI, you can play against an actual human being, Steve. So this is <laughs> me versus Aaron. So Aaron drafts a team like you would in, say, fantasy football. There's a pool of players to pick from. There's a budget that's given. Uh, and this is one of the uh, the tournament organisers. So there's a tournament called the FM Super League, ran by a guy called Murph FM. Uh, there's plenty of other tournaments around in the FM uh, draft space base as well and uh, and to be honest it's the first time myself and Aaron have gone head to head now Aaron do you want to explain what the draft pool was we were working with and the stipulations yeah so the player pool we had to choose from either Serie A or La Liga players so some very good players and the budget was 350 million pounds so it's not unlimited but it's still a lot. It was enough for me to get players like Raphael Liao, Vlahovic as well, up top. Was it good enough to beat Tony? No. <laughs> it wasn't. The, g- oh, no. <laughs> the game, the match itself, match yourself was very entertaining. Um, I was kind of in two places, right? Because at the same time, Arsenal was playing as well. So Arsenal have just finished by the time I'm playing Tony. So I'm right up there. I'm right up there against Tony. My mood is happy. I've gone 1-0 up. Oh, I'm very happy. 2-0 up. Oh, I'm elated. I'm just celebrating everywhere. And Tony pulls one back. <laughs> and I was just thinking, this is not going to end well, is it? And no, it didn't end well. <laughs> so Tony, how did you react to... um? what many would say would be an expected lead from RDF. So, I should also say as well, there's not just myself and RDF playing here. There's there's eight of us in this uh, tournament together. Yeah. So, myself and, and Aaron, we're in a group of four against each other. And Aaron's Aaron's Mr. Tactics. He's RDF Tactics, right? <laughs> so, he's the one that's expected to win this group. I win my first match. I go 2-0 down against Aaron. He's saying there he was listening to the to the derby game on the TV. I wish I'd have played him at the start of the uh, of the, the qualifiers because then I'm not, not really concentrating. But he was fully concentrating by the time we played. He goes 2-0 up. And we spoke during the week about a tactic that we were going to play. Ironically, the same tactic. Okay, We haven't spoken about this before. It's a tactic I used a lot last year. It's a tactic that Aaron's kind of developing this year as well. And he, and he was using it, and I was like, right, okay. I, I tried this, um, a, a similar uh, situation here. That was what I'm using with Sheffield Wednesday. This uh, this three at the back, I started with that. It wasn't working, so I was like, right, I'm switching to this asymmetric system that I've got that I used to, to pretty decent success last season, and it spun the game around for me. I got two <laughs> goals quickly. I then had a shot that came off the bar, and uh, yeah. and I was like, ooh, okay, momentum swift, uh, swift here. Um, got to the point where... Stick Piano was was beating Grimmy 
six nil uh, in our other game. Now, <sighs> for context, that was Seattle won the group. <laughs> I needed a point coming into this match against Aaron <laughs> to qualify. Aaron needed a win to qualify and knock me out. Okay, so we're two two with five minutes to go. I've just hit the crossbar. I'm sat there with a wealth of striking options on the bench. I'm about to go for it and add more players on <laughs> until Aaron goes, Tony, you just need a draw. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. And I hadn't dawned on me that a draw was enough. So instead of bringing three more strikers on, I brought three defenders on and locked the game out. <laughs> that was honestly so much fun, man. It's so much fun. If you haven't tried PvP before, try it out. Absolutely. So does that mean then that Tony progressed from the group? Yes. And you didn't. And I finished it? third, yeah. Because I've been told by a, a little birdie, and that bird is called Tony Jameson, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that you actually have superior experience in these sort of Super Leagues. Well, so. I don't know what I... Because the first game, it was a 2-2. And like, if some, some people may know me, I strive for perfection. If I feel that I've... If I've drawn the first game, I'm going for the win in the second one. And I feel that I've done something wrong in that first one. Rather than thinking, actually, we've just got a decent point against eventually the, the whole draft winner. So I'm just thinking, you know what, second game. Let me, I changed the whole system, which I didn't plan for. And we got absolute hammered 3-0. I reverted back to the original uh, system plan. By then it was too late. It was too late. So you got in your own head, Aaron. Literally in, in head. my own head. So, so are you actually arguing that Tony didn't beat you and progress ahead of you? you <laughs> <beat himself. laughs> he beat me fairest. He beat me fairest. Because in the game as well, he threw some substitutions and little tactical changes as well. So now nah, credit to Tony. Credit to Tony for sure. Awesome experience, really enjoyed it. And if anyone who's listening is interested in draft experience, come and join us in the Discord. We'll be able to point you in the right direction for that sort of stuff. Also, what's the? How can people observe your various emotional states that you go through in these uh, games and in what uh, in future playoffs? How do people like watch them? So each of the actual uh, competitions themselves have their own Twitch channel. And now, of course, myself and Aaron, we stream on Twitch as well. So if you do want to take part and, and have a watch that, my channel's twitch.tv forward slash Tony Jameson FM. And my Twitch channel is twitch.tv forward slash RDF Tactics. There we go. Now, that's PvP out the way and derbies and Tony Jameson's successors. Mark that in the calendar, by the way, because that will be a thing. We'll come back to we'll have an anniversary of this uh, next year. I've got bragging rights there, but I haven't necessarily got bragging rights in the Community Challenge, which, of course, a lot of people are taking up and enduring, rather than enjoying, enduring with us. Uh, very quick run through the rules again, of course, for anyone who's brand new. We are managing Sheffield Wednesday in League One. Uh, we have four tiers of success, uh, starting from the very base level, which is the bronze tier. Come in, take your time, manage how you want, buy who you want. Don't get sacked. If you get sacked, load up again. Who cares? Not a problem. Silver tier, which is win the Premier League within five seasons. Sign whoever you like. The gold tier, the gold standard, get to the Premier League in three seasons, but only signing players from Yorkshire or the platinum tier. Get to the Premier League in three seasons with only signing players and staff from Yorkshire. And before you get there, win a cup to get into Europe. In the silver, mm. Tony, is it win the Premier League or just get just to the get Premier to League? Get to the Premier League, I believe. Get to the okay, Premier League. Okay, it's not just for just clarity, the silver is not slightly harder than the gold. <laughs> 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 Details not, not for me, Steve. Details not for me. So. <laughs> As we yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Get to the Premier League in five seasons. And that's where we are. Now, as we say, 
a lot of people are uh, are taking part. Uh, do you do you want to clarify the the Yorkshire official line, Steve, or are you or are we happy that people understand this now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because this this has mm-hmm. come up in the various comments that we've had, so um, yeah. it's clearly a point of contention that's going to rumble on. I think so. The key rules in respects of our Yorkshireness. So as Tony has alluded to, only sign Yorkshiremen as players and staff. We are following the grandparent rule that if a player has a grandparent or parent that was born in Yorkshire or indeed they themselves were born in Yorkshire, like Erling Haaland, as previously discussed, you can sign them. Players in the game can get Yorkshire citizenship. If they've been at a club for five seasons or more, they can take their Yorkshire citizenship. So in the case of Sheffield Wednesday, Barry Bannon is relevant because across (laughs) his career, he has spent either five or more than five seasons at various Yorkshire clubs. Those are the key rules. Mm, excellent. And we probably should find out how people are getting on, Aaron. Vigio46 is his handle on Discord. He's having a tough time in the treatment room. So he's got four players out currently, but they're kind of long term. We've got Michael Smith out between seven days and two weeks. Michael Smith, actually a very key player. Liam Palmer is out between five weeks and two months. Josh Windass between two and three months, Akin Femwell is out between seven weeks and three months. I do feel, I do feel you're going to have to sign a new physio and sports scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Crucially though, a physio from Yorkshire. Yes, yes physio from Yorkshire. If you're going, if you're going hard, this, this is the interesting thing about the challenge, isn't it? Every, I think probably a lot of people have gone, I'll do platinum, yeah, I'll go hard from the very beginning. But then if you're in the situation that, we, as we've just seen, then you're having this injury crisis, you're like, right, I need to, as someone who bloody loves hiring staff possibly more than players at this point i don't know why i just i just think like you know you know a, a sort of getting your staff in is the rising tide that lifts all boats yeah ruzio might be like i need to fix this but there aren't any good medics in yorkshire i don't I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that available sure available <laughs> medics in yorkshire available, available medics, medics. crucial thank you very much tony and and crucially he's got two strikers out as well and they are big strikers Josh Windass, for me personally, Josh Windass is doing really well. And also, Michael Smith, he, he can get you a goal. He's a big lad. Yeah. So that could be a massive, massive problem, to be honest, for Raggio there. This is the thing about this game, isn't it? You could sort of do everything right, but then just chance and etc. just, you know. And the sheer volume of games in the Football League as well just really means that these guys are missing out on a lot of football too. So you have our sympathies, which probably aren't worth very much to you at this moment in time, but there you go. Is there a consolation there? Liam Palmer was also out for two months on my game <sighs> as well, and I ended up having to go out and buy a replacement right back. There are There is a right back at the club that can do that job, but I was thinking about bringing him in in January, but it did prompt a decision to bring him in at the start of the season as well. And he is Yorkshire. He is Yorkshire. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to go platinum. Any chance of a name to help help out? Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, a guy called it's a guy called Rogers who plays for Accurate and Stanley. He can actually play anywhere across the back as well and wing back. So I got him for about half a million pounds, maybe seven hundred thousand pounds. So not massively expensive. So yeah, he's definitely definitely worth a look at. Lovely stuff. And as Tony mentions, from Yorkshire as well, which is a crucial part of the platinum level of this challenge. And we have had some questions around the Yorkshireness and filters involved. Now, Aaron is very kindly for this challenge provided a Yorkshire filter where you can just search so it saves a job for you of going through everything every single player or staff member's <laughs> biography um does currently still include Kingston upon Thames is yes. that right which as uh, any geography aficionados will know <laughs> is not in Yorkshire so if, 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 if someone is in Kingston upon Thames don't sign them <laughs> 
<laughs> but we may then have to do a bit of a mere culpa and say if that is our error, it's a bit of a loophole. Yes. So on the conversation around filters, Bryson uh, has uh, got in touch with us on the Discord and said, having some software issues, so Bryson has made his own filter, but due to a lack of patience adding all the towns in Yorkshire, Bryson's gone a step further, taking only players from South Yorkshire. What What's the step beyond platinum? <laughs> like Diamond? But I love the fact that in brackets he's put where Sheffield is located, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so he does <laughs> that, that is funny for me. <laughs> if you want to take it a step further again, you can only sign players or staff from the Hillsborough area of Sheffield <laughs> as well, if you like. And just make it really specific to streets. Um... <laughs> Try and replicate like the Lisbon Lions who won the for Celtic, who won the European yeah. Cup in the 60s. And, they, and all, all of the players, I think, bar one, were like from about a matter of miles away from yeah. themselves in Glasgow. Exactly. Um, so... There you go. Well, that's that. So that is one conversation around the filter element. AD has also got in touch with us over the Discord. Also has created his own filter. I'm not sure how this is a commentary of how you, well yours has gone down, Aaron. <laughs> Just speaking myself. <laughs> but, well, cheers, guys. <laughs> yeah, quite, quite, quite. But in this instance, it's because they didn't notice RDS filter. Yeah. AD's is based on a list of settlements in Yorkshire by population sourced from Wikipedia. But they're uncertain as to whether many more players can be found using RDS filter or not. So uh, obviously we had a conversation when we started the challenge in terms of like the broad interpretation of what Yorkshire is. I'm sure, AD, you've covered uh, not everywhere, but certainly um, absolutely fine. So for those who don't know, and by that I mean me, how do you go about making these filters, Aaron? Because obviously you've done it for Yorkshire. Just talk us through um, making these filters in terms of like, for example, uh, and where and where you save them. Yes, as yeah, well. yeah. If yeah. you want to, if, if if for example, oh, I don't know, just to pick a random example, where you're really struggling to get, I don't know, Italian registered players, and every season because you've you bought a bunch of non-Italian wonder kids, and now you're really struggling to match your Syria registering criteria. Just a random example. Asking just, for a friend. Yeah, asking for a friend. Yeah, exactly. um, so, you know, how does Fiorentina save going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have so many unregistered players. It's a mockery. Um, but yeah, so how do you set up a filter? So on the left-hand side of the screen, you will have the uh, player search button and you will just click that and you'll go into your players in range. So you have all your players there. Player search at the right-hand side it's actually in blue you can press edit search now this is where you will start doing your filters you can do additional conditions so like uh what steve was saying if you don't have those italian players sometimes it's not just italian players it's actually homegrown players so you can just search literally for homegrown uh status and then you have the option to do trained in nation or trained in clubs you can actually ignore loans as well if you guys want to do that but there's actually many things you can do you can sort it out by nationality transfer value the club where the club's based or the division of that club and like we're doing it by location as well it's a very very handy tool which i'm using myself in all of my saves especially the sheffield save <laughs> so homegrown you say homegrown <laughs> okay good I'll, I'll tell my friend about that <laughs> mm-hmm, sure <laughs> they, they'll, they'll be delighted with that bit of information i'm sure Steve, that'll, that'll make their save so much easier <laughs> And and if if you are making one of those though, Aaron, um, how do you save them and where do you put them? Yeah, so again, when you're doing uh, the edit search and you're doing all your filters, you'll see a little toggle, a little option toggle, a little icon, option icon, and then you can save current filter. Now, these 
filters will automatically go in a football manager folder named filters, of course, FM, and you can rename it. So I will rename my one right now, the football manager show athletic press save. The best thing about this, you don't have to go looking for it once you need to loan it. Uh, load it up sorry so again you go if you need to load it up you go to the exact same place edit search in players range and now all you've got to do hit that little option icon again manage filters import and then you'll have all your filters in that filter folder you don't have to go looking for it football manager will automatically load up that filter folder and all of your guy all of your uh, filters will be there so i'm just going to load up my athletic football manager show filter and there we have homegrown players just homegrown players <laughs> Beautiful. And it's probably worth saying as well, this is for the full version. Of course, if you're on a mobile or if you're on the uh, one of the console versions, you can't get that filter per se. But I would definitely recommend websites too or some sort of um, encyclopedia or, or a roadmap. Uh, <laughs> sure. maybe to, to, to go a bit old school. Um, it'll be fine. You know. So that's good. So that's good. So that's the filter side of things done. In terms of, of progress... Barton, 6435, over on the Discord. Of course, we mentioned Discord a lot. If you want to come and join us in this Discord and, and find out more about the Community Challenge, the link, of course, is in the description notes of the podcast. Um, Barton, 6435, has had a stunning season. Wow. Everybody, settle down. 46 games played, 31 wins, 12 draws, 3 defeats, 105 points, Barton takes the League One title in his first season and is on to the championship. Oof. Promise land. <laughs> 105 is, points is a lot of points. And he is currently <laughs> finger counting ahead of Ipswich. Um, they've on 88 <laughs> points. He's on 105. That's a lot. That's a it's lot. a lot. It's, he's only lost three games. I think, I think I've lost two already. I'm in January. We're bound to lose more as well once we get to that very, very busy period as well. So congratulations, Barton. That is insane. And let us know how you do in the championship. Mm, absolutely. Now, I mean, I'm like yourself, Aaron. I've I've already lost three games and we're only up to January. So uh, <laughs> unless I go unbeaten for the rest of the season, I don't think I'll be uh, be getting those sorts of figures. But more importantly, one thing that I've seen a lot and we've all discussed, a lot of people... I've seen Barry Bannon leave at the end of the season. Oh, no. Barry Ballon d'Or, we called him last week. <laughs> He's obviously Barry Barcelona, Steve. <laughs> yeah, honorary citizen of Yorkshire, Barry Bannon, <laughs> gets his citizenship. And then, yeah, a lot of people finding that issue um, with him. But it's, I don't know, it's one of those, really. It's tricky, isn't it, at that level? If he's, you know, in the game, he's 33. He's, you might want to have a, another opportunity, especially if he's been part of a Sheffield Wednesday side that have done well. Yeah. Even more so if he's been part of a Sheffield Wednesday. Done that, but, um... What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tricky that, isn't it? Because especially on the one hand, you know, you might free up a bit of wage bill from him. But on the other, like, you know, is that worth trying to replace him? Uh, can you? It's Barry Bannon we're yeah, talking about. Exactly. <laughs> and ultimately, if you're powerless, yeah. if he's going to leave anyway, your contract situation means you're powerless to stop him. Yeah. And this is a slightly irrelevant conversation. <laughs> I mean, the, I have seen, however, I have seen recently on, on an offline save, a player is looking to discuss his options at the end of the season and it looks like he's gone. But then at the end of the season, when it's come to that contract negotiation, they are actually interested in re-signing a deal. Ooh. So sometimes all hope is not mm. lost when that conversation happens with Bannon going, 
I want to explore options. He might explore the options, but his best option might still be in front of him. It might still be pulling on that blue and white striped yeah. shirt, playing as a segundo <laughs> volante at Sheffield Wednesday like I'm playing him. Barry, please don't, <laughs> don't leave. I can't, I can't yeah, go through this. It's always else... greener. Sometimes it's actually blue and white. That's the, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Mm. And if anybody else is having this sort of issue, I believe you can actually ask him to sack his agent. It might be the agent doing the talking. It might be the agent Ooh, doing the talking. Whispering. But he does day. want a lot of money, though. So yeah. <laughs> he does want a lot of money, though. You're right, so it's a good point to raise. Because obviously, like, if, you, if um, I don't know, sort of who, who in, you know, IRL listeners tend to follow more. But if you think, think about it in sort of Premier League and sort of top European League terms, all the conversations around a player's reached two years in his contract, therefore you've got to talk about renewing, etc. But, you know, further down the Football League, it's a lot more, from the club's point of view as well as players, it's a lot more about shorter-term contracts and actually making those decisions at the end of the season, right? Yeah. Yeah, and of course, more importantly, looking at your finances. Some people get a takeover with Sheffield mm. Wednesday at the start of the game, the finances aren't great. So again, it might depend on your own personal situation as you get towards the end of the season. And again, I'm sure we can all presume if you've had success like Barton, maybe Barry Bannon might be a little bit more open to a discussion than if you're sat languishing towards the bottom of League One, staring League Two in the face. <laughs> so uh, there is a bit of that uh, to come as well. Um, please do keep us updated with your uh, Community Challenge updates. We love reading them. We love seeing them. And generally, thank you so much for everyone who is taking part and discussing it. It's great to see. Anything you want to send us on Twitter, of course, do that. Tweet myself, it's Tony Jameson, at Tony Jameson. If you want to tweet RDF Tactics, it's at RDF Tactics, or as we say, join the Discord. Now, if you haven't already, before the end of next week's show, oh, get your clocks ready, let's finish that first season, okay? Now, this is where we all learn our stripes, right? We're going to dig deep. We're going to go to end the season. Barton's got the... Uh, he's put ourselves up there, that marker of winning the title. Let's see how we get on as we want to hear what your Wednesday yes. odysseys go next. Yes. Also, people, also, I haven't completed the season. So if you want to see me complete the season, this podcast will be out on Wednesday evening. And after that, nine o'clock that same evening, I will be opening my Sheffield Wednesday save for you guys on Twitch. So make sure you come over on Twitch and we're going to have a little chill out and see how far I could take this Sheffield Wednesday side. And will Barry Bannon sign a new contract? Drum roll. We don't know. We don't know. I like the as well. Yeah, if we're, up, if we're up against it, yeah, I might do the same. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, yeah. Let, keep an eye out for Twitch as well. We might stream some Sheffield Wednesday this week. So that'll be Yes, I'll definitely be on Wednesday, 9 p.m. Okay. And in terms of longer correspondence beyond Sheffield Wednesday, Anything football manager related, feel free to keep those letters coming in. Send them to Ian McIntosh at imacintosh at theathletic.com. Of course, remember, bring your team to the tactics garage. Send us that screenshot of the tactic. Tell us what's wrong with it. And of course, remember, the FM confessional is waiting for you as well. So just as a reminder, contact us via Twitter. I'm at Tony Jameson and Aaron is at RDF Tactics. And that was the Football Manager Show from The Athletic. Your guest today was real-life football scout Jacob Shefchek. Your co-host was RDF Tactics. Your producer was producer Steve Hankey. And I am Tony Jameson. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. 
The Athletic.